This is Guitar Talk. To me, it just seems like there are endless possibilities. One of the things I like to find out, you know, how people got influenced in the play and the guitar, because stories are so unique. The trick is not to feel pressured to conform. If you know anything about Joel, he's been around the block. He's probably one of the most sought-after guitar players. How would you create that song? How would you turn that song into your song? There's not a guitar player on this planet that I personally don't follow closer. It's it's not something that you see too often. I only know a few players that do it. Now, from the home of the blues, Chicago, Illinois, welcome to Guitar Talk with your host, Jimmy Warren. All right, everybody, Jimmy Warren here. Welcome to Guitar Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's going to be a great show, I promise you. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I tell you what, before we get into it, of course, we need to let you know that the show is sponsored by Charlie and John's Guitar Strings. Uh, vibrant, man, great sounding strings, long lasting. Uh, I, I just tried them not that long ago myself, switched from the brand that I've been using for over 30 years to them because they're just great strings. That's charlieandjohns.com. Also, too, we're brought to you by GuitarsForVets.org. It's an organization that helps veterans with PTSD through the gift of the guitar and through the therapy of guitar and music. Uh, to find out how you can help them and benefit them, you know, go to GuitarsForVets.org. And so, you know, on November 13th in Danville, Illinois, at the Fisher Theater, we're going to be, Guitar uh, Talk is going to be putting on a uh, an event, a concert that's going to benefit the organization Guitars for Vets. Now, we have the Richrath Band. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Gary Richrath of REO Speedwagon, who's, you know, unfortunately no longer with us. His front man, Michael Jantz, uh, wrote a bunch of songs with Gary that's never been uh, aired. They're just about to release a new album. And so uh, we thought, how fitting would it be to have the Richrath Band uh, play at this benefit because that's the stomping grounds of Gary in REO Speedwagon back in the day. Yeah, you know, they were all over Danville and Champaign and Decatur and Springfield, Illinois. So uh, so that's going to be on November 13th. You can find out more information on that at Guitars uh, Guitar Talk official.com in the coming days because it's not until November. But uh, today, man, we've got a great show, but I, there is a couple things that I have to announce. One is, is our good friend Ricky Medlock of Leonard Skinner uh, is down with COVID, and, uh, you know, we just want you to lift him up if you possibly can, you know, through some, you know, through some prayers and that, that would be great. At the same time, you know, Gary Rosington from Leonard Skinner has been out as well with heart surgery. So uh, there's two people right there that need to be, uh, you know, in, in your prayers. And then also, too, I wanted to wish my good friend Marcus DeMell from the band The Blue Poets and the band Arrowhead in Germany a happy birthday. His birthday was on the 9th just a couple of days ago. Man, he's one of the most talented guitarists that I've come across. I mean, so underrated. I mean, just so good. And that, so I just wanted to give a shout out to to Marcus and wish him a happy birthday from me and everybody here at Guitar Talk. 
All right. You know, uh, we're also in the beginning planning stages of our very first uh, Guitar Talk Guitar Festival, uh, which as of right now is slated for July of 2021. Um, you know, of course, you know, I don't really have no details to pass along to you right yet, but I just wanted to put that in your mind that, you know, we're going to be doing several live events and then hopefully a festival, a guitar show and festival at the end of the year, uh, or the end of the summer in 2022. So keep your eye out for all of that. It's going to be great. Now, today, my guest is from uh, Carl Martin Effects. You guys know that Carl Martin makes great amps. They make great effects. I mean, they've been in the business a long time, well-known for their plexitone pedals, their compressors, you know. Um, so Soren uh, Youngberg is the person who is, you know, the head honcho over at Carl Martin. He took some time out of his... Uh, out of his day to sit down with me so that we could talk about what was going on over there. Now, he just came out with a new pedal called the Plexi Ranger, which they've sent to me, you know, to demo, um, which we're going to be releasing real soon. And, uh, I, you know, I love the pedal and that, and I thought, man, we need to get him on the show because we got to talk to these guys because they make great stuff. And so, well, there you go. My guest today is going to be uh, Soren Youngberg from Carl Martin Effects. So here you go. Sit back, put your feet up, get a nice cool beverage, and enjoy Carl Martin right here on Guitar Talk. Can you hear me there? I can hear you there. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Loud and clear. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. You are welcome. My pleasure, indeed. Yeah. This is uh, this is going to be a treat. Is that your studio? You you you're sitting in there? I uh, is part of it. Yeah. Part of it. Wow. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm try just trying to keep up with some of the guests that I have. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I I reckon that could be pretty impossible. No, it's it's very impossible because some of those guys got trailers and storage units full. You know, I can't even imagine what that's like. Well, you know, I guess a lot of the artists have so many guitars that is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, you know, what I, I tell you what I've I've met so many really great players from Europe this last year. Oh. that uh that I never knew of before you know and uh it's it's been it's been really cool discovering them because you know I, I just didn't realize how many great players there are you know over there I think in general and it's uh, I'm an old geezer but I remember you know when we were young we were not nearly as good yeah. as they are today they are some the young guys today amazing players Oh yeah, yeah. A lot. Yeah. Do you think that you think that's because the uh, uh, the access that they have to learning, you know, whether through video, the type of gear that's available now, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we didn't have we didn't have also tutorials back then, right? You know, if 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 right. if you have to learn a song, you have to sit with a record player, yeah. or, or, or you're literally in a cassette tape cassette, 
Right. And, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and, and listen to everything. Nowadays, you can just, you know, the lyrics, you can pick up the chords, whatever, and then you need to learn it with tutorials very often, showing you how. Yeah, yeah. Slowing it down, too. Slowing it down real slow so you can get it inch by inch and then giving you the tab to go with it. So I think it's, you know, and, and also I think in music schools, we were so taught. Yeah. I didn't play with anybody at the time that has been taught music. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so is it your is it your love for, for music? Because didn't your company start out as a company that rented sound equipment? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have, you know, we... we when you call me on the phone, I say ESR. And that says for East Sound Research, East Sound Rental, East Sound Recording. Yeah. Uh, so we have all three legs, basically, to stand on. Um, wow. So that's correct. Yeah, we, we started, as many guys, you know, we, we, we had our own band, we played music, we built our own PA systems, like it was pretty normal back then. You know, with yeah. horn speakers, were you know, little drums available at the time. Um, and at some point, we started winning it out locally. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning. And you know, then we started you know, dealing with stuff and bought a recording studio in Copenhagen, brought it here and, and did some, 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 some refurbishing on, on the, the desk and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, so it's, Slowly started out just like as, as a hobby, and uh, and uh, at the time I wanted to. Uh, I remember clearly we. I was about thirty at the time. Uh, we wanted to do. We did the rental thing. And I wanted to make some amplifiers. That was very much you know plug and play, one plug in and one uh, giga plug out with all the speakers, electronic uh, crossover. Yeah, uh, things like that. So we started doing that, and that is how I get to know Carmasen. Yeah. So, 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 do you have an engineering background? No, no, or, I don't. Or you just figured this all out on your own. Uh, it it came out of pure need, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Many things does, doesn't it? I tell you what, there's a lot of great stuff that comes out of just necessity forcing yeah. you to do it. Exactly, and you know, all the big inventions in time, you know, whatever it is, you know, some is some some bloke somewhere had yeah. a necessity. Necessity, he needs something, and he has to invent it himself. And then, if they're good, and if if they're capable enough, you know, having people behind them or so whatever, you yeah. Know, yeah. So, so what was the first thing that you personally built? Was it an amp or? The first thing we built was the PA system. Yeah. And then the PAM, you know, clock and play thing. We still have it, actually. Um, we started off with that and for rental department. Yeah. And that was the beginning. After that, uh, what's next? I think we built a hi-fi system, mm -hmm. actually. Uh, and, and, and what led us more to, to where we are today is we, we built, you know, back then, all the recording was on two inch analog machines or 24 track two inch, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, so we started up building some uh, uh, noise reduction systems for that uh, because we were recording ourselves. We had a band and we had a recording engineer, and he said he discovered that at the, that the, um, the producer of the record we were making in our band at the time 
that we were noodling around with stuff and things like that. He asked us why, if we could make some noise reduction system for the two inch machines. <coughs> Sorry. And, and that we did. And that, I think, as I recall, that was the first step. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's that's so needed with that with some of that old analog equipment, you know. There was a it was because we didn't have anything basically, you know, at the time, you know. It's, and then <coughs> oh, sorry. And 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 um yeah, we did that at the time because nowadays, you know, you can just uh, you know cut, 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 cut and clean out all the tracks on, on the DAE system, right? You know, so everything could be neat and tidy. You couldn't yeah. do that back then, you know, when you have to. Also, all the punching, as you remember, probably, you know, you went like, yeah, <laughs> yeah punching comes out, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. And big courses, big courses. Well, like, you know, you, you, you made a preliminary mix down on two tracks. <clears throat> I thought a new track, and then you make, you know, 12 or whatever, how many voices for, for the chorus. And yeah. mix that down and for that, that back to the, a real statement. That's how it worked. I'll be So, so when you started stepping in and doing, you know, delay pedals and drive pedals and switchers and things of that nature, uh, when that started to happen, was that also out of necessity, or did a light bulb go off and go, "Hey, you know, we're actually pretty good at this, and we could probably, you know, create." No, some it was snow. It's snow. That was a uh, strike of coincidence. Yeah. Uh, which also often is, is the case, isn't it? Yeah. If we had this going and we had the, we had started the company, we had the rental, we had the recording, plus we did sell equipment for, for discos and local radios and stuff like that. Yeah. That was basically what we did at the time. Um, and at some point we had a friend, a bass player, who wanted us to build him a bass amp. Yeah. And, and he thought it should be called Karl Martin. <laughs> Just out of, you know, because the, the engineer's name was Karl Martin. I'll be darned. At the time, right? So that was a cracking joke, and we had a laugh about that. And, but we called it Karl Martin. Changed the K with the C. Right. So it more small, you know, internationally flavored, right. so to speak. And, the, the, yeah, and then that was our first, like, in my product, that was the bass amp. And, and back then, it was with the two-channel. You have a full parametric. It was pretty early at the time, you know, with full parametric two-channel. Oh, yeah. Thing for, for bass, yeah. Uh, and cabinets and stuff like that. We built and, and, and uh, we start building also cabinets, you know, for, uh, for yeah, small, you know, for small bands and stuff like that with a 12 in, the, in, a, in a tweeter. Yeah. Things like that, you know. But, but the pedal was... As I remember, Carl Martin came with a, something he built yeah. home and brought it. Didn't work out very well, but then that, that was the beginning. Then we start noodling around with things and, and analyze, you know, what was the trick behind that. And some of it that is still going for that today, you know, the DNA in what we do today also, we discovered when we did those noise reduction systems actually. Yeah. Uh, some 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 combinations of things that make things sound a little bit better. Yeah, and yeah, because when I think of of Carl Martin, 
you know, uh, first thing I think of is one is, is really high quality plexi in a box. You know what I mean? You guys got a great, you guys got a great lineup of plexi pedals, but also too your compressors and your switches. I mean, you know, they're, they're known all over the place. A lot of guys, you know, um, are, are fascinated by them and use them. And those are what I automatically think. And then when I go and I search your catalog and I look, wow, there's so much more, you yeah. know what I mean? The amps and fuzz pedals and, you know, delays yeah. and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But you're, you're pretty, would you say that the plexis in the compressor is probably the things that really put you on the map? I would say for the, yeah, the compressor definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, and there's, a good start behind it because the compressor was at the time it became began selling it was two or three years old actually maybe even a little bit more uh, at the time uh, and I kind of understood why because you know would you pay that much money for something that really doesn't do anything if you don't know what it's supposed to be doing <laughs> right right you know so I kind of yeah. understood it okay okay yeah it doesn't do anything, you know, it doesn't change the sound, it doesn't, you know, make your sound like Hendrix or anything, you know, it's it, right. it just, it, it's a studio tool that does what it's supposed to be doing. And we came from a studio background, so that is our pitch to it. Yeah. It has to be like that quality, right? Right, exactly. Uh, and I think it was, you know, some years old, but the thing is, what I think make it happen, to be honest, is I don't know which who it was, uh, like Jackson, Thriller, or his, I don't know, I'm not sure which who it was. Anyway, it brought Michael Jackson to uh, Copenhagen. And uh, one of our friends, good friends, was the distributor of uh, Riviera Amplification. Okay. And David Williams was in Torsi of Riviera back then um, and uh, they had a the band themselves had a clinic someone from the band had a clinic review a clinic in a small club in Copenhagen while on tour with Mike Jackson yeah uh, and, and uh, my friend there which was an amazing guitar player he bought the compressor to that gig and he started noodling around with it and David Williams caught into it saying, hey man what do you have there if it was Master Prince playing or whatever, I don't know, but he, because he was really good. Um, anyway, interest in it, we made an endorse, endorsing agreement with David Williams, and also in the contract, we had we was allowed to use him and Michael Jackson for promoting. Yeah, we had a contract on that, and that is yeah. many years ago. Yeah, and I think from then on it. Came and at some point it became, you know, kind of in. I think it was considered an industrial standard, wasn't it? At the, you know, 20 years, 25 years ago, mm -hmm. all Nashville guys had it, you know, and, and everybody used it at the time. And a lot of records has been, a lot of guitar tracks has been running through yeah. a Carmart and Complimenter over yeah. time. So that was the first one that, that really was kind of putting us on the map. I think the next step was the Delayla. Oh, okay. Uh, again, a little bit by pure coincidence, we didn't knew at the time that the BBD chips was kind of all one out. 
So we made a delay pill with, stupid enough, with seven BBT chips, seven BBT chips in. How stupid can you be? And they offered it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then we was a man, and people came, hey, is it with BBT chips? How can you do that? Because I know that uh, the electrohomies couldn't do anymore, and I know that uh, MOOC stopped using them, and people can't start talking. Uh, but how can you do it? And then, you know, so we suddenly we start to set a lot of delayer pedals yeah. because it was analog. Yeah. And nobody could build analog pedals at the time because those chips were obsolete, which we didn't do. Mm. <laughs> so we started something up, you know, but luckily enough, we had bought a whole bunch of them. Um, so, so uh, and then I think we now we're reaching Plexitone. Yeah. The Plexitone and the Arctic Suites era. Yeah. And the Suites, yeah. Yeah, I think the Plexitone was the first Carl Martin effect that I ever got. Mm. And, you know, and, and since then, of course, I, you know, I've got several. I've got the compressor. I think the compressor is great, mm. you know, personally. And I love your Plexi sound. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of great pedals that are out there that, you know, claim to kind of fit that box. But, mm. you know, it's, 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 it's a hard box to fit, in my opinion, you know, mm. and, and to get that tone just right. So that's one of the reasons I'm really excited to check out the Plexi Ranger, because mm. you got the combination of the Plexi tone with the treble boost. <laughs> so, uh, you know, what was the... What was the thought behind? Hey, let's let's combine these two. Um, again, a little bit of coincidence and speaking with people, you know, basically yeah. talking with people, you know. Yeah. Uh, because I've been in, in this game for over thirty years now, so my ideas is kind of used already. You know? <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> so, so it's it's uh, so I kind of you know I like to you know use or talk to musicians and and you guys and. YouTubers, whatever, you know, right. and, and get inspiration and ideas. And this one, I was speaking with Brick Kingman from Australia. Right. And he suggested, why, Sean, why don't you make a, you know, a uh, turbo booster with some tweaks and, you know, quirks on it and stuff like that. We talked back and forth about that. And we did make a post on that and talked back and forth, you know, forth about it. And I think... The reason to that is maybe it has to do with something, some hype about triple boosters at the time, you know, happening, still mm -hmm. maybe happening, uh, that led him to do to ask us to do that. And then we start, and that's said to to press a hate but but the um, the conditions for using a triple booster is really not present nowadays. Yeah. Nobody using you know eight stacks of marshals at eleven. I need to control that on a loud states because that was the reason for the treble booster because you have a lot of low cut to, to control all those four by 12s, right? Yeah. And give it this mid-range peak so you can stick out of the, the whole mass of a lot of sound on the stage. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Back in the 70s. That's not, but nobody, nobody used that anymore. Nobody plays like that anymore. Yeah. Basically, okay, you have you still have ACDC with the whole wall of it, but but really nobody does that anymore. And so I so said, I see the reason for doing make such a product is not that. And then the person, but hey man, you have a plexitone. Why don't we combine the two? Yeah. 
oh, freaking hell, yeah, that could be fun because in that case, you can get that sound from the, you know, the 70s, but does not have to have the stack. Right. And play freaking loud either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was basically the thought behind that is, you know, by talking with a influencer, a YouTuber. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it, 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 what I've seen of it and what I've heard of it, you know, it looks, it looks like a great pedal. It really hmm. does. And I, I'm personally a guy who does use a treble boost. You know, I have guitars that have treble boost built into them, you know, in the electronics, but I, I use one on my board. I mean, on my, on my board, because I don't know. I just like, I like the sound of it. I do, you know, there's even times where I'll leave it on. Okay. You know what I mean? Cause I just love the sound. <laughs> you know? What I think about the picture, when it, what I think is pretty awesome is because you have, if you have this pretty low gain, Plexi side of the, the pedal. Mm -hmm. and you just run it nine, ten ish. All the pinnacle guitars, of course. If if you have a EMG, whatever, you know, it's you still have pretty pretty massive gain on tap yeah. there. But, but using a uh, Stratocaster or whatever, you know, it, it's really just a crunch. Yeah. Really nice open crunch. And then you add the triple in front of it, like you do on the amps, and you know, and, and you have this. You tweak in the mids and mix the uh, the, the two uh, levels. You can really, you know, tailor it into sound. You know, you can really get a lot of a lot of fat sustain without that much gain. Yeah, that yeah. I find really interesting. Yeah, I think so. You know, in uh, Brett actually did a, a great video. Uh, yeah you know, on, on the, the pedal. And I even seen him do an interview with somebody where they talked about it and uh, have, do you guys have plans? Are you thinking about expanding outside of uh, just talking overdrive? Cause I know you have fuzz pedals, but yeah. traveling outside of the plexi, like maybe doing something that is, you know, maybe dumbbellish or, you know what I mean? If yeah, no, I mean, yeah. What we are discussing right now is, or we have played around with the something for years because Kamasin is like, I mean, I, I used to say you have the toy box and you have the toolbox. Yeah. Certain pedals is definitely in the toy box department, and some pedals like the complimenter and a good EQ pedal or whatever is definitely in the toolbox department. Right. Kind of, and Kamasin, by def per definition, is in the toolbox department. I we don't really it. have anything in the toy box. Right. You know, um, so what we're looking at and playing around with the um, the capital letters in Kamasin, the C and, and the M, maybe a something called Chaos Machines. C okay. and M. And that would be like, you know, it could be like, um, Artifice with a tweak issue. Things that sound maybe not necessarily sound great as a plectitone, but have some interesting quirks. Right. You know, you can use in the bridge, whatever, you know, things like that. You know, you know things pairs that sound a little bit crazy. Yeah. 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 Something something that somebody can use to complement their tone as opposed to be a part of their tone. Yeah, exactly. Things like that. You know, things like that, that is 
kind of fun to play with, but you don't really use it that often. Yeah. Uh, which also also very often applies to the toolbox department. It's fun to sit and play with at home, but when it comes to gigging, you really don't need it that much. You're really more much more into the tool toolbox department, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes complete sense because I know for myself as a player and that I'm looking for, for things for toolbox, as opposed to, you know, just toys to have, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, don't get me wrong. I've got toys, but they're not on the board. You know, they're not on the board. And it's something you have at home and something you do for recordings maybe. Right. Uh, because if, you know, you can use it as a, some of those toys you are often use as a um, thing in a song that, right. you know, in some cases is, is define the song, you know. You have a really special guitar sound going on there, you know. Um, then, of course, you need it. Yeah, I I think that Digitech whammy thing that Satriani and other people use, I think that's a toy. You know what I mean? It's very specific. <laughs> yeah, it's so, something along that lines and that because. And you have a lot of reverbs too and curvy delay stuff that's, you know, you don't really use that often when it comes to life, but it's fun to have instead of play around with. Yeah. See, now I personally like. Uh, to use delay. I like to stack delay hmm. in order to give me the body hmm. as opposed to using reverb because I, I, I feel that reverb kind of muddies up, mushes up the sound too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, something like having delay is, is kind of like the foundation hmm. of, of my tone. And it's, it's not set, you know, to where it's like a, a crazy repeat or a, a whooshing sound or anything like that. I, I've never used it like that, but I see it as an integral part of, mm. you know, the the foundational aspects of of tone. Exactly, and I remember, you know, we we have the delay XL panel. I think it's not on our website now. I think it's up to it. But we did the delay delay XL, and that was also the delay lights. It had the same thing. Um, I was inspired by, and I remember back in the day, you know, with the Echoplex. Yeah. Or, or the tape delays, you have, you can put two tame head, uh, yeah. tone heads, right? So you have, instead of having, you know, ding, 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 we have both at the same time going ding, 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 ding. And that gives a huge amount of warmth and loss reverb. Mm-hmm. At the same time, plus the delay, you know, while a digital delay is very pristine and distinct, you know, you can hear it very precisely, right? While the the, the tape delays is more like lush and melts in somehow and give you a, I should say, you know, the, the, you know, really good lead tone. You have this, you know, uh, you have the the echoplex and then, you know. Uh, So we get the delay and the delay XL. Based on that, you know, because they have, as I told you, they have seven BBT chips in it. So we yeah. have on the, wow. so we took uh, at delay chip number four, we took out and delay chip number seven. And those two we could mix in. So we have this bidding, 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 bidding all the time. And that gives really a lot of, yeah. of, of uh, and on the Excel, we made it a little bit different because then we made it uh, valuable so you, so you can choose the setting for the 
time between the two tone heads. Right. So I agree with you. Stacking delays is pretty awesome. Yeah. So the echo, the echo tone falls into that. The echo tone falls into that as well, correct? Nope. Nope. No? The echo tone, no, no. The echo tone is basically just the uh, analog uh, sounding delay with two presets. Okay. Yeah, you have manual setting and you have a tap timbre. So if you yeah. switch between those two, you have your 180 milliseconds to play with all the time. <laughs> right. And, and then you can tap your in timbre delay and switch between those when you need it. Yeah. Well, you, you've got a good variety, though, of, of delay pedals out there. I think the, the Trem vibe is, is really cool. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of the vibe as it is, but when you combine it with the Trem, it's actually a really nice, really nice effect. Yeah, and Oxen Peters is a big fan of it, and he uses it very often for recordings and stuff like that. Yeah, well, he, uh, he's a great player. Definitely. <laughs> Hard to argue about that, isn't it? No, you can't. You can't argue about that. So, so what's next? I know the, uh, you know, uh, what do you what do you guys got in the hopper? Do you got something really cool in the hopper right now? I think so. I think so. To be honest, I think so. We have played around around with for some time. We had we have a new thing in the oven that is have getting getting. It's been a headache to be honest. No, it it really has been a struggle to get fixed. But yeah. we think we're there now, and I'm looking very forward to uh, to to announce it sometime. Um, the idea is, you know, I kind of dig into traveling light thing, but also since we are selling pedals, I'm not really keen on helix, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's a really competitive for us not selling pedals. Yeah, yeah, um, but also I do believe there's a lot of a lot of people who still prefer pedals, they still prefer not to spend time on menus, presets, programming, and all that, and don't dig it and, and don't understand it, for, first of all. So we have made a tube, complete analog uh, DI for oh. you putting your board. Uh, sound like a super lead one, a super lead. Master Super Lead. Wow. 100. Oh, that's Sound in a box that you can, you know, you can be on your PA system and it sounds exactly like a Master Step. Yeah. Um, wow. It's all analog and it's, it's just have, you know, the knobs gain, middle, treble, master, then you have, you know, open, closed cabinet and, and three versions. Yeah. Wow, that sounds really nice. Hmm. So let me ask you this. What has... Uh, what has it been like for for you guys at, at at Carl Martin, the company, during the last you know year and a half? I mean, has it has have you? Because I know a lot of guys that make equipment, build guitars and stuff like that, have seen a boom, you know, in people buying gear and, and things of that nature. Has it been that way for you, or is it? No, 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 no. On the contrary. Yeah. Well, we got a big slamming. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, we got a big slamming, and, and still, as today, literally, you have to balance. You know, I have a handful of people that I regularly do business with. Uh, the majority of all the distributors still are shut down in some degree, or you know, laid people off, and 
So yeah. I know I heard that too, you know, especially when it comes to the acoustic guitars, small amps, you know, practice amp, things like that have been booming. Uh, and, and some primarily, I believe, you know, in a toy box department. Yeah. <laughs> but on the, you know, the, uh, the toolbox department, you know, not really. Yeah. Um, so uh, the Ranger, the saved us. Yeah. Because that was instantly sitting really well. So that has, you know, made it happen for us so we can survive. Uh, and come I, I have I'm, have no doubt we come through this, you know, in a strong position, everything is good. It's it's there's no doubt in my mind. But but it's been a tough year. Uh, also in general, you know, also in the seasons we work with this, you know, have no gigs, no depressing, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Depressing, yeah. Yeah, I, I know well here in the United States, I'm in Chicago. In the United States, you know, things have have been open for a little bit now and mm. gigs are starting to come around and some big tours are just starting to go. And so hopefully, you know, that's going to take place, you know, soon for you guys, because, mm. you know, that's going to put the focus back on, you know, buying gear and needing gear and all that other kind of stuff. Yeah, they are starting to open it up. We have opened up now again. Yeah. But, but still, it, it, it's on the early stage. Yeah. And and um, and we see again now uh, smaller communities closing down again. Is now they have uh, divided up so you have you know like small communities. And if you have a above a certain number threshold in in infections, you know that small community shut down. Yeah, not the whole country or the whole area. Right. That small community. Uh, and we have to see more and more now again. And but still, you know, I can't recall how many people. But it's not like the big festivals not happening. Yeah, not this year. Yeah, none of them. So, so when it comes to 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 being a gear company, mm. where you're located at is your market mostly in Europe, or is is America your your primary market? Because I, I would think that. You know, Europe and possibly Asia would probably be, you know, the market for a, a gear company in Europe. You know, but I, I don't know. Europe is a primary market. Yeah. Uh, but it all depends. You know, at some points we had a certain, as we know, with the Plexitone, the complements, and we have some some success in in America. Mm-hmm. Right now, I find it's a little bit hard to be honest. It's tough for us. Uh, even with the Plexi range, it's, you know, it's all, but again, all of the, a lot of the brick and mortar shops has even out of business are having, having a really hard time. Yeah. Um, uh, and also, it also goes from, for Europe, you know, it's, it's like this year, you know, people are getting used to the idea of buying online. Mm-hmm. And then the shops reopened again, I think it's a month ago or two months ago. And I spoke to the the owner. You know, it was not like they had in people coming in hungry to buy gear. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, so it, I think it's a little bit sad to be honest. You know, it's it's all those uh, uh, small specialized stores still have to fight and, and struggle with it because people are now getting used to buy with 
Sweetwater or Ottoman here in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wow. Well, I tell you what, uh, I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time to Mm -hmm. to chat with me about Carl Martin and your new uh, uh, Plexi Ranger pedal. And Mm -hmm. man, I wish you, I, I, I hope things turn around and I wish you all the success. I personally, I have some of your products. I've been using them on and off for years. I think you make, uh, you know, as a player, I think you make quality, you know, you make quality gear, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely something that's well worth, you know, having on your board, you know, because there's so much stuff out there. Let's face it. There's so much gear out there. I mean, you could go for days and days and listen to all the, you know, the different stuff, but it's hard to, it, you know, but there's certain companies that just seem to always make high quality, you know, great products all the time. And Carl Martin's been one of them. Thank you. Yeah. My pleasure to be, to be guest on your show, sir. I appreciate it very much. And I wish you all the success. And, uh, you know, I know it's late there, so it's probably time for a beer and a nap or bedtime. No, it's only 7.30, but the the, the beer definitely. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) All right, so you take care of yourself. Okay. okay? Thank you. All right, so there you go. Soren Youngberg from uh, Carl Martin Effects. Of course, you go to carlmartin.com in order to find out what's going on with those guys. But you definitely want to check out the new Plexi Ranger pedal. I've actually played it a little bit myself. I absolutely love it. I love their Plexi Tone pedal. I love their compressors, of course. They've got a lot of great stuff. And, you know, and they've been around a long time. We all know who they are. So uh, I think, uh, you know, yeah, you need to check them out. You just need to just check them out. Next week on the program, I tell you what, uh, coming to you from Florida. I believe he's in Florida still, Sean Chambers. Now, Sean is a blues guy that used to play guitar for Hubert Sumlin, who at one time was the guitarist for Howlin' Wolf. Um Now, Sean just got signed to a brand new label, released a brand new album, which is a tribute to Hubert Sumlin. So uh, Sean's going to come on and we're going to talk about his new album. We're going to talk about the label. We're going to talk about everything that's going on in his life. Uh, I've known Sean, you know, on and off for for quite some time now. I can tell you that he is a, a really good guitar player. He's a very talented, you know, blues, blues rock uh, artist, in my opinion, he's is probably one of my favorites on that circuit, um, and so uh, it's going to be exciting to have him with us. So you want to tune in next Wednesday uh, at 3 p.m. Central Time, right here for uh, Sean Chambers. Yeah. So, and at the same time, make sure that you're going to Guitar Talk Official, signing up for our newsletter. And checking out, we just released a new gear demo, an LPD pedal. It's called the 87, and I believe it's based off of the 87 uh, JMC 800. Uh, LPD man makes great pedals, so you definitely want to go check it out. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Thanks so much for listening and uh, watching uh, our interviews. And uh, please, you know, subscribe where you need to subscribe for us and continue to support us. And um, we thank you very much for that. Okay, take care. I will be with you next week right here on Guitar Talk.